Well, I am happy and to be up here, and um, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to share a word tonight with you all. And um, just want to say from my heart to yours that I'm really thankful that each and every one of you are here and are able to hear the word of God, and um, I just want God's best for you. So let's open up in a word for prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are in control, Lord, that your word in itself is powerful, God. And I ask even now, Lord, that every heart would be open to you, God. And I pray that your word would go down deep within us, Lord God, that the enemy wouldn't take that seed from us, God, but that you would water that seed and cause it to grow, God. Pray that out of this, God, we would love you better. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I wanted to um, start off with a verse in Isaiah 29, 13. If we can put it on the screen, please. So I know this lock-in where the theme is heart of worship, right? And so in this place, I want us to be able to understand what worship actually is. And this section right here, if you guys could just just show some love, some respect by just listening and, you know, not talking, I appreciate that. Okay. So the verse, it says in Isaiah 29, 13, it says, The Lord says, The people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. So in this place, I know there's many times in worship, I'm up here. I can't tell what's going on in your heart, right? But only you and God knows, right? That's between you and God, right? But as someone here that wanting for you to grow and understand what it means to actually worship, that scripture verse, I don't know about you, but it puts the fear of God in me, right? When I'm up here worshiping the Lord, you know, God forbid that my 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 lips, that I honor God with my lips, but my heart is actually far from him. And tonight, I want you to keep that verse in mind as we continue on, you know, just allowing God to ask you personally that when you are up here, when you're praising God, when you're thanking God, when you're singing songs to God, are you just giving him lip service or is your heart actually kind of connected with that and connected to his? Amen? All right. So moving forward, we're going to actually be in um, John chapter 4. In this section, it's, uh, the title is Jesus Talks with a Samaritan Woman. So let's read it. Um, let's see. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact... It was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea, went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. It's going to be a little bit of a reading, so I want you to just stick with me if you can. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. 
When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you, you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus said, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship that which you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is for the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. All that to get to that one last verse, right? And you're probably just like, whoa, that was just a lot, right? But I'm going to break it down for you guys. So just to give you a little bit of a background, you're probably thinking, who is this Samaritan woman, right? So Jesus was returning from Judea, right? It says that they were... that the Pharisees were realizing that um, that a lot of people were starting to get baptized and become followers of Jesus, right? So while he's on his way to where he's getting, in order to get to that place, he passes through this place called Samaria, Samaria and within a town, right? And the thing is, there was a lot of, what's it called, hostility? I don't know if you guys know what hostility means. Um, it was kind of like racism, towards Jews and Samaritans, so then they were thought as like, it was like a barrier in somewhat of a sense. And so because of this barrier, it's so important that Jesus steps on the scene. So let's just get back into it, starting with verse 4. Now he had to go to Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob, and had given to his son Joseph. So right here we have some things mentioned, like the actual place, right? Jacob's well, it says, was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. So just picture this, picture as if this was a well, right? And so Jesus is on his way on the journey, but because Jesus was fully God, fully man, right, he got tired. He knew what it was like to be a human, to live life on this earth. So he 
was tired, so he stopped and he rested by the well, right? And he waited, and then until someone passed by. And who was that someone? The Samaritan woman. And the thing is, the Samaritan people, they were part of them. They were part of God's people, but they had intermarried. And so basically, it kind of, like in a way, they weren't supposed to marry someone outside of who was God's people. And so in the sense, because of different things going on, like historically in there, and just like people invading and conquering the land, they ended up doing that intermarrying. So they were looked at as if beneath. And um, so they were half-breeds, and then the Jewish people, they looked down on them um, as compromisers, and they would not... Um, They would not basically they didn't treat them valuable. So this Samaritan woman, think about this. She's actually going to this place, right? A regular day-to-day -day thing. She's going to get some water, right? And a, a regular necessity in life, right? And being there, she encounters Jesus. But the thing is, she doesn't know who Jesus is. And Jesus begins to talk with her. And what is the first thing? He's the one who initiates the conversation. And he says, he says, can you give me a drink, right? Of water, right? And she says, how can you ask me for a drink? So in other words, she's still seeing this as racial, like this big old barrier, because back then men and women did not like talk or anything like that. It wasn't normal for someone, let's say if you were a stranger, to talk to them, or even um, the time of day where this woman came to get the well, the water from the well, it was during a time where it was hot and not a lot of people were there. She was basically an outcast in the community because she had a bad reputation of being with different guys and marrying different guys, right? And then now being with someone that's not even her husband. So think about this, being in a town where everyone knows everyone's business basically, right? And you're an outcast. And most of all, back then, women weren't really valued the same way men were. And so she had no, nothing else but to do but to isolate herself. And in the midst of isolating herself, Jesus comes to her. And he begins to just draw out this idea of what is true worship, right? And as they continue to go on throughout the conversation, right, what's going on is that Jesus begins to try and show her who he is. And he shows her who he is. He shows her that he's the gift of God and that he's the living water that she actually needs, that she thought she actually needed, just regular water, right? But the longing in her heart, the longing in her soul, what she needed was living water. The main point of this story it doesn't talk about a worship song. It doesn't talk about, you know, singing in the right key. It doesn't talk about any of that stuff, right? But it talks about a woman who was met face-to-face -face in an encounter with Jesus. 
and was able to recognize who she was because he already knew. He basically put her on blast and told her, I know you don't have a husband. You've actually had five, right? Think about if you put yourself in this woman's shoes. You came to this place regular day to day. I went to the shopping store, uh, to the grocery store, just to come and get something. And Jesus is just there. And he's like, hey, I got what you need. I actually have, you know, living water instead of that bottled water that you're, you know, looking to or whatever the case may be. But the thing is, in our lives, we all have a well that we're going to right, to satisfy the, the need within us, to satisfy our souls in a sense. And the thing is, this woman didn't even, didn't even recognize that herself. And how many times do we walk around day-to-day -day life and we have different wells for different things, whether it's people or certain things that we do that satisfy us. But the thing is, Jesus he is here all along. And he's wanting to show us that worship is not about what place you're in, but it's the posture of your heart. Worship is actually you showing deep love for God. It's actually showing deep respect for God. And sometimes during worship, I'm not going to lie, but there's a lot of disrespect going on. And not even towards me, but to God. And I think it's, it's something that's really important, opening up with the scripture saying, you know what? God forbid we're here, right? We're singing songs, but our hearts are far from Jesus. What good is that? How does that help us in our daily life? How does that help us when we're going through tough times, right? When sin is knocking at our door, temptation is, is, is everywhere, right? How does that help us? It doesn't help us. And the problem is we can't worship God because we don't know God. And you know why we don't know God? Because we don't take the time to know God. But God is merciful that even in the midst of us not knowing, what did he tell this woman? He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. At this moment, she's still not understanding who Jesus is, right? But Jesus is going along this conversation to bring her to that point of understanding. Hey, like I'm the living water that you need. You know what? You're looking to satisfy your soul. And he goes on and on. And after, after the fact... That Jesus says, I'm the living water, right? Her response to him saying that, that he has living water, she wants to know where to get it. And in this place, you can get the living water. You can have Jesus in your life. You can have Jesus in your heart. And it's not some cheesy thing, and it's not some, like, complex thing, like, like, all you have to do is surrender. That's when true worship starts because you're recognizing, hey, like, it's, life is not about me, but it's about God. And worship, worship is an attitude and it's an act. And just in that mindset, it's the posture of our hearts. God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So what that means is in spirit in the sense of our hearts, to worship him from our hearts, you know? 
and the spirit and, and in truth, what it means is with his word, you know? How much time do we spend in God's word actually sitting down and letting the word of God read us, read our lives, and show us who he is? If we're honest with ourselves, probably not that much based on everything else that we have time for in our lives. True worship is centered on God, and it happens from the inside out. If you feel obligated to worship rather than voluntary, you're not doing God a favor. You're not doing God a favor. God doesn't need our praises or any of that, but it's for our good because we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded and reconnect and return with him in order for us to be okay. God is okay. God is God. And so we need to understand that worship is not just about what we can get, but worship is actually giving to God what God has given to us, giving back to God what he's given to us, you know? God's giving you air in your lungs. God's giving you legs, right, to, to go to school, to work, to your hands, everything. He's given us everything. And living a life of worship is basically that, having an attitude like, God, you gave me this, so I want to give it back to you because I love you so much. You know, it's, it's, it's just coming out of that place of deep love and deep respect for God. And if you haven't been showing God deep love and deep respect in your attitude and in your acts, then you need to be open to humbling yourself before God and asking God to change your heart. Because let me tell you right now, your decision right now of how your heart is right now, your decision whether to stay with the same heart or not is going to determine where you'll end up. If you're not, like the way when we were up here and I was saying, I'm open, I'm open, if your heart is not open to God, don't think you're going to get any, any further than you already are right now with him. It starts with you being open. And I was going to get into this story, you know, and I, I know I read it and everything like that, but I basically said the main points about worship, about the importance of worship, And I know there's so many details. If you were from studying, I can't even tell you. From studying, there's so much here, but then when it comes down to it. <laughs> but I know that God has a purpose in me bringing this word. Because so many times we're used to false worship. We're used to worshiping and just with our emotions. But God is saying, okay, worship me with your emotions, but worship me in truth. You need my word in order to know how to worship me, right? We need to know who he is. Otherwise, we can't express who he is because we haven't understood it ourselves. And so we need to be open. We need to humble ourselves and say, God, I'm sorry for not worshiping you the way that you deserve to be worshiped. And it's not his fault. It's ours. So we need to take that responsibility and we need to do something with it. We need to give it to him and say, God, create in me a new heart. And as he creates this new, he, as he puts that new heart within us, the day we gave our lives to Jesus, that we were born again, he gave, an, he gave us a new spirit and he gave us a new heart. And then he said that he would move us to walk in obedience. 
If we turn to the Romans 12, 1 to 2, it also talks about worship, true worship. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spirit, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in this passage, what we can learn from is that there's an urgency, right? There's an urgency for us, brothers and sisters, for the church, right? To be able to know how to worship how to truly worship, and how should we truly worship, what should be our motivation. It says that in view of God's mercy, mercy is God's goodness, you know, his undeserved kindness towards us. There's so many things that God gives us that we don't deserve. Those are his mercies. Forgiveness, right? What else? Can I have some people shout out some things God has given us? Yes, love. Grace. We will, yes. All those things. But that's the first part, that it has to come from us actually getting the right view, getting our mindset on the right thing, on God's mercy, right? On the good things that he's done for us, that he's did for us, that he didn't have to do, but that he continues to do. And then what, what should that draws to do because of God's mercy because of God's goodness towards us what should we do what does it say to what to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God it says this is your true and proper worship so giving your life offering your bodies right we were talking about worship is giving back to God what God gave to us right so that means pleasing him in our thought life, in our attitudes, right, in our actions. Everything that we say and we do, that's part of it. And then it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's going back again to the word. We need the word of God in order to worship God, and we need the spirit of God. We need a new spirit in us. So if you haven't given your life to Jesus fully, completely, you will not be able to fully worship God the way that you were intended to worship. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he's the one who, who reminds us of the truth that we already received. And so when we're in this place of worship, we need to ask the Holy Spirit for help. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding of who he is so that way we can love him better, so that way we can respect him better, so that way we can love others better and we can respect others better. Because if that's what it comes down to, if worship is an attitude of our hearts and it's an act, then if that's the one thing you walk away from, knowing that worship is about your attitude, your heart, your acts, right? But of deep love, of deep love and deep respect, so if I were to ask you right now, how well are you doing at loving God? How well are you doing at respecting God? Because the Bible says that if we love God, we'll obey his commands. 
So if you haven't been in his word, how can you obey his commands if you don't know what are his commands? We need to be brought back to the fact that God's word is living and active, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, and that it's the breath of God, that it's God speaking to us, to mankind. A lot of times we feel like God is not speaking, God is not saying anything, but have we looked here? When's the last time we've read this? When's the last time we've actually took our time? And in this place, I want to make that that opportunity available. I want you to be able to one-on-one be honest with God of how well you've been loving him, how well you've been respecting him. And especially in times of whether you're in or outside of church, you know, it doesn't have to do with the place. Wherever you are, you are called to worship God. You are called to love him deeply. You are called to respect him deeply. And if you're not doing that, God is merciful and he gives us a chance to do that, to start doing that. I just want to take right now during just this time to just pray. If you just close your eyes with me, and I want you to connect with God right now, and that means you being one-on-one with him, like real, with where you're at right now. God, I thank you that your eyes, God, they roam throughout the earth, Lord God, to search for hearts that are longing for you to search for hearts that actually really want to love you, that actually really want to respect you. And Lord, I thank you that I can't boast in what I'm sharing in in my words or anything like that, God, but I know that your words bring life. And I know I'm not the best preacher, Lord, but I know that you deserve to be loved deeply. And that you deserved to be dis- to be respected deeply, God. I just pray all over this place, Lord God, that just a simple word, just a simple word like that, God. You can use anything, God. You can use anyone, Lord God. I pray that worship, God. That we will be found in your sight, God, being true worshipers. People, God, that, that sing praises and say thank you to you, Lord God. And our hearts are close, they're not far, Lord. I pray for anyone here, God, that's dealing with, with their hearts being far from you, God. I pray that you would show them that you're right here, Lord that you're not far away, Lord, that you're within reach, God. And that all they have to do is ask you for that living water. They just need to ask you for the Holy Spirit. They need to ask you to invade their hearts again and show them again.
Lawrence, if I could just have you come on the keys, and I want you to play Heart of Worship, if you can, in the background. There's a song called Heart of Worship that we've sung before here. And just the backstory of it, it had to do with um, a church. You know, they had all the lights, they had all the music, and everything was, everything was good and on point. But they had lost what it was to really worship God. And in an effort to come back to the heart of worship, they got rid of all that stuff and they just met together in the house of God. And they learned what it was to worship God. And I'm going to share the lyrics with you. It says, when the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself. It's not what you've required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. And I love the fact that even in this place, Today, we can be reminded of if God were to take away every single thing that we have here, that we would be challenged to know what it means to really worship him, what it means to give back everything he's given us, to really bless his heart. In this time of just closing out, I know it was a really short word. But I believe this call is, is for each and every one of us. And that's to come back to God. And come back to this place of having deep love and deep respect for him. And so if you want to do that tonight, you want to love God deeply. You want to respect God deeply. As this song plays in the background, I want you to ask God to bring you back to the heart of worship. God, I ask that you would bring us back to the heart of worship. Bring us back to you, God. Bring us back to your presence being the thing that moves us, God. recognize that it's all about you Lord God at the end of the day God our lives God 
that it's all about you, God. Help us to make life all about you, God. Just want you guys to stand up and I want you guys to find a place around this room just by yourself. And I want you to spend time with God right now.